Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. One of the questions we might have is, how do we walk in God's power in a greater way? And what, it, what is it that we need to do when we're praying for people? On the one hand, uh, I think we clearly understand after our study in Acts, and we're gonna jump back into Acts this week, but we understand that we have to be filled with the Spirit. That is the key to power in the life of the believer, straight up, that's how that happens. And so if you've not been filled with the Spirit during this service, you, I mean, at the end, uh, ask God to fill you. Watch what He does. Um, we don't have to have a special service for people to be filled. If you're hungry, He's gonna fill you, right? So Acts chapter one, verse eight, just a reminder, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power, dunamis dynamite. You'll have a dynamic to your life. It's translated, it, it is essentially miraculous power. You'll receive miracles. That, that would be an honest way to translate that. You'll receive miracles when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be praying for miracles. You'll watch God do miracles in your life. You'll have miraculous power. You'll have supernatural power. Translated 10 times in the book of Acts, eight times has to do with miracles. Two times has to do with boldness. Jesus said as much to them in Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. We haven't talked a lot about this verse, but again, it gives you the idea of what the baptism in the Holy Spirit does in a person's life. It's absolutely essential for every single believer. Straight up, everybody needs it. You say, I haven't received it yet. Keep on seeking. So many times what happens is people over time have developed roadblocks in their thinking that, that really uh, the Lord break, has to break through in their life. But Jesus said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you have the Spirit of God in you at salvation, but he comes upon you when he baptizes you. It's like you're wearing a, a, a cloak. You're wearing clothing that is him on you. It fits you like a glove, but it's power. And so certainly a part of, as we seek to pray for people, as we seek to see God help us to live a powerful life that not only has his power working mightily in us, but has his power mightily working through us in the lives of other people. So that we're bold when we're talking to people about the Lord. So that we're bold when it comes to praying for people, not just in the auditorium, because again, if what we're seeing stays in this room, it will die in this room. It has to go outside. It has to go out into all the world. We're praying for a great awakening. I hope you haven't stopped. We've stopped fasting, but we've not stopped praying, right? We need God to move in power. We're praying for a great awakening for all of Southern Missouri, from the Missouri River South. We're praying for it to happen in Kansas City, in Joplin, in Cape Girardeau, in St. Louis, and everywhere between those four points. We're asking for God to send revival, revival in the churches, so that churches are energized to experience their own move of God. 
I'm so excited. I was talking to Scott Obremski. A lot of you wouldn't remember who he is, but he served on staff here for 11 years and was a worship leader and did our master's commission. And we launched he and his wife, Jen, to plant a church. And this Easter, they had their first service in a brand new building. They bought a building, they've reconditioned it, remodeled it. They didn't think they were gonna get in and, and the Lord opened the door for them to get in. They had 2,700 people in worship. They had 127 people saved. But Scott and I have talked several times and he, he says, you know, we're just, following in the wake of James River. He said, we're, we're asking God for signs and wonders and we're seeing people healed. So the idea is that there would be revival in every church. Churches that preach the gospel and churches that never thought of preaching the gospel, right? So we're praying for that. We're praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I I'm, I'm just want to encourage you, it's coming in this place, from the front to the back, from the left to the right, at every campus. We're praying for that, for people watching online. We're praying. We're asking for a demonstration that includes signs and wonders, mighty miracles, that, that we're going to see things we've not yet seen by the grace and the glory of God. We're praying for a holy boldness for every single one of us, every one of us, to be more bold than we've ever been before in sharing our faith. And we're just praying for the presence of God to come down on every single James River campus like we have never seen it ever before. I believe these are things God wants for us. These are the things we fasted about. These are the things we're praying for God to do. And these are things God wants to do. But as we're praying, you say, well, how do I pray about all? You know, you have that list, and I hope you're praying that list. But I want to read you a prayer of the Apostle Paul. Paul prayed for the Ephesians that they would have power in their life. Yes. It's a really good prayer to pray for yourself. But as we think of power, we have to also consider the aspect of love. That's why the, what I want to talk to you tonight about is more love and more power. Let's read the prayer beginning in Ephesians 3 and verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. That's the same kind of power, dunamis, that we read about in the book of Acts, that he might strengthen you with dunamis, with miraculous power, with supernatural power, with mighty power with signs and wonders power, with holy boldness power. Paul says, that's what I want. I want to see you have that kind of power through his spirit in your inner being. You say, why does it say NIV? Because what it did is, is I picked the verse that I felt most closely followed the Greek text for our understanding. Then we're in the NLT. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. So as we're walking by faith, what happens is the more we walk by faith, the more comfortable Christ is in our hearts. You know, some people don't see a lot of power in their life because their heart makes Jesus uncomfortable. There's things going on. There, there are conflicts between sin and righteousness in their life. Listen, we're never, you're never going to see power in your life if you don't have purity in your life. You have to have purity and you want to have power. 
Purity comes when you and I don't do things that grieve the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter four. Power comes when we don't quench the Holy Spirit, 1 Thessalonians chapter five. So uh, I get off track here, I gotta keep going here. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Isn't it very interesting that one of the marks of his power of that spirit baptizing power in us is that it increases our revelation and our understanding of the love of God. Always we have to think in terms of the working of the Spirit in us to produce in us the character of Christ that we might in the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter five and verse one, therefore dearly beloved, be imitators of God. He says, be tenderhearted, forgiving, loving one another as God in Christ loved you. So, so if you want power, you're gonna have to love people around you, even if they irritate you. Even if they didn't treat you in a loving way, you and I have to love them because that's part of being an imitator of God. And it's a part of what his power not only works miracles through us, but works an understanding of love in us. And if the working of his power does not cause you to love him more, then something's wrong with that power. It could very possibly be a counterfeit power. Because power works love. Watch this. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, I love this, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love? His love is like so wide. His love is like so long. His love is so high. His love is so deep. May you experience, do, do you see this? The power of the Spirit causes us to begin to grasp the enormity of God's love. And as we begin to, you know, I mean, we're never gonna grasp it in total. You maybe can't move the ocean, but you can carry a bucket of water in your hand, right? So we grasp part of it. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Isn't that the truth? How are we ever gonna, in heaven, we'll forever marvel at God's love when we see actually all that he did and all that he extended to us and all that he does in us. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Do you watch this, how it starts with power that gives us a revelation of love that brings us to a place of complete fullness that ends in power, again, being realized in our life. It's love and it's power. It's power and it's love. There is a, a circle there that exists between the expression of God's working in us and through us and the love of God that should fill our heart for him and others. 
then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And again, mighty power is dunamis. So we start with dunamis, we end with dunamis, and in five verses, four times, it talks about power. So this is a passage on power, but it reminds us of something very, very critical, that if we seek to operate in power and we're not motivated by love, it's meaningless. This is driven home to me a while back because as we've been going through this, you know, I'm just saying, God, I want all of you that there is. And hey, if there's more power, I want more power. And so I'm praying that and, and seeking that and just seeking the Lord, really Debbie and I like never before. Just really, it's, uh, there's just been a, a very unusual change in our life, I would say. Um, sometime I'll talk about it. People have asked me to tell about it and I will at some point, but not tonight. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we have a service where, I, where I'm praying for people, but not praying with great effect. So after the service, I'm a bit disappointed. So I'm talking with Brandon after the service, and I said, you know, I'm just disappointed because I, I really thought things would happen. They didn't happen. He said, what are you gonna do? I said, I'm gonna do what the disciples did with Jesus in Mark chapter nine. I'm gonna go to Jesus and I'm gonna ask him, why couldn't I do it? So he said, well, how does that work for you? I mean, what's that gonna be like? I said, well, in the morning after I have, you know, during my prayer time, I'm just gonna say, Jesus, hey, let's talk about last night. Why couldn't I do it? You know, listen, don't, I think we're too quick to, to theologize things about what doesn't happen that are neither biblical nor accurate. So when Jesus, when, when the disciples couldn't heal the the epileptic boy who had seizures and was demonized, and Jesus did it with a command, they come to Jesus and they say, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus tells them two reasons. First of all, and we, we read this in one account, he says, it's because you have so little faith. I think that's Matthew 17 tells us that. He says, I tell you the truth, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it would obey you. So here are, here are people who thought they had faith, they believed they could, they could heal that boy, but what they thought was faith was not faith, which is a very interesting thing to think about. Sometimes people think they have faith when that's not what they have at all. The second thing he said is this kind only comes out by prayer and scribes at it and fasting. In other words, it only comes by, by extended seasons of time in prayer with God. And he is simply telling them, listen, in order to, to have success in this kind of situation, it's gonna require you to spend more time with God. Now, I'm not saying that's the end all be all. I'm just saying those are two reasons Jesus gave. And so would you notice the disciples, when they weren't successful, they didn't say, well, it just must not have been God's will, which is where most people default to, and I think incorrectly so. Or people say, well, you know, I mean, listen, go to Jesus and ask him. So the next morning, I have my prayer time. 
I'm thanking the Lord, entering his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, worshiping him. And I'm very excited because I'm going to ask Jesus what the answer is. So I get to that point. I say, Lord, I just want to know because like right in that moment, this is, you saw what went down and, and why wasn't I able to pray with more effect? Instantly, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, because you made it about you. I was like, oh, I mean, I was mortified. I was heartbroken in an instant. Because you see, instead of thinking about where that person was at and what they'd gone through and how, you know, how desperately they needed the miracle, I was thinking about how desperately I wanted to see God use me in that situation. Here's the thing. As long as we are the focus of what we're doing for the Lord, his power will be diminished in us and through us. This is why this passage is so real to me. Because I was like, well, Lord, what do I do? And love me more and love people more. You see, when, when our focus is loving God with all that is within us and understanding his great love for us and returning that back to him and then loving people, when we come to a place of self-forgetfulness, we come to a place of God being able to exercise his power through us like we've never seen it before. Because if it's about us, it's very rarely about him. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, these words, it's so interesting. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Tongues without love is nothing. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Prophecy without love is nothing. If it's about the you and your prophecy, it's nothing. Knowledge without love is nothing. Faith, even if it can move mountains without love, it's nothing. He goes on and says this, if I possess, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Listen, benevolence without love is nothing. If it's just writing a check, but you don't love the people, that the check is going to help. You might as well not have written the check. Martyrdom without love is nothing. Lay down your life. But if you didn't love the Lord and the people for whom you were laying it down, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, listen, some of you are wanting to pray with greater power and God wants that for you. This is the good news. He wants that for you. But if you're going to experience that, then there has to be this allowance 
on your part and the seeking on your part. So this is the beautiful thing about God. He calls us to do something and then by his spirit, he empowers us to accomplish it in a way we never could on our own. But that does not negate our cooperating with him for that purpose in our life. So Paul prays that there'd be power, and then he, he goes from power and says, and what that power is gonna do is it's gonna give you a revelation of God's love, and then when you really experience his love, it's gonna fill you to all the fullness of God, and then power's gonna be operative in you, and when that power is operative in you, Ephesians 3 and verse 20, if you can bring it up now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty dunamis, his power, his miraculous power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. You see, what happens is we move out of ourselves so we're no longer limiting God by what we think, what we want, how we look, how it affects us, and all of a sudden we're an open conduit for God to work. But it all, it all happens when you and I, the only thing that can get us out of the way is a love for God and a love for others. And that's what God wants to do in you because I'm telling you, God wants this group of people to be the nucleus of power and the display of his power, not just in the church, but in this community. He wants to do things that you can't imagine or even think by his power, but it's as you're in love with him. Are you with me on this? I close with this. William Seymour, he was the preacher at Azusa. He said this, the Pentecostal power, when you sum it all up, is just more of God's love. If it does not bring more love, it is simply a counterfeit. I don't know about you, I want the real thing. That's what I want, I want the real thing. And he wants us to have the real thing.